0: Hey listeners, hope everyone is doing well. I um, wanted to let you know that we don't have a new episode for you this week. There's been a lot of things going on in both Stephanie and I's personal lives. All good, but just made us really busy. So unfortunately, we don't have anything new. But we wanted to repeat an episode that was very popular last year. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, this is your opportunity. Um, so, hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the 52nd episode of Dialgica, a podcast between two friends about the latest in politics, society, and feminism in Indonesia and the world. I'm Sweden Lee, Stephanie's still out, so for this week I've had the pleasure of an amazing and inspiring conversation with Rocky Intan, a longtime friend and supporter of Dialgica. He is currently getting his master's degree in public policy in Columbia University in New York City. This episode was originally planned for June as it was pride month here in America, and I talked to Rocky about his experience living as an out gay man here in America and comparing that to the situation back home. We talked a lot about the power of pride and the power of coming out, including the nuances of that experience, in particular when discussing the financial implications, the social implications, and obviously the relational implications when you come out. Rocky and I also talk about, even though you might claim to be progressive or liberal, it might not necessarily mean you're as open-minded to LGBTQ culture or to non-heteronormative culture as you think you are. And I hope our conversation about how we can fight for a more progressive society that is much more open-minded and actually inclusive, not just on paper but actually welcoming different identities, different opinions, and really empathizing and relating to them at a human level. Not politicizing the identity, but really reclaiming the idea of being a true progressive and fighting for a more just and equal society. Also shout out to La Pop here in Washington DC for being open during basically a monsoon um, when we were recording this, so all that background noise is everyone here in DC trying to hide from the rain. I'm really excited for this episode and I can't wait to share with you guys so without further ado, here's to it. to have one of our friends here at Dialogica Rocky Intan to be on the show
1: hello can you introduce yourself Rocky hi everyone my name is Rocky I'm currently in DC for internship but I go to school in Columbia New York what do you go to school for Uh, I go to school for policy and economics what are you doing here in DC (laughs) I'm interning at the US ASEAN Business Council I work mostly on Indonesia Brunei and infrastructure
0: We'll have to have you back on when we're talking about Asian business interests at some point. <laughs> but right now, uh, for our listeners, this episode was supposed to be planned for June when it's Pride Month here in America. But hmm. there was, you know, there was a World Cup happening.
1: We were on break.
0: <laughs> there are many, many reasons why. That's we very couldn't, familiar.
1: Exactly, like the straits like, you know. <laughs> Huh? Stamping on us, gay. Oh so familiar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <That's> kidding. <laughs>
0: but you know, we're really excited now to have Rocky here mm. um, talking about his experience being out. And you know, I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about pride in general and what it means to you as an Indonesian living in America right now, an Indonesian who's lived in Indonesia as well. Mm. Um, and how old are you now? I'm 27. Cool. So, like, you know, you've lived formative
1: years in both parts. Mm, That actually is true. Yeah. Right. I think as a disclaimer, I have not talked very much to people in America about what pride means to them. Uh, But the impression that I got was that for most LGBTs, I think, pride is something that is to be celebrated. Um, Something that is fun, something to show off their identities. Uh, But I feel that a lot of them... Take that for granted, in the sense that, for me personally, coming from Indonesia, seeing that you can march on the streets, you know, being proud and open about your identity and having religious organizations supporting you at the streets and even corporate sponsors at yeah. Pride, they might be capitalistic. I mean, they're most definitely. They're, most, they're most definitely are. But, but but like it, I think it shows how much the society here has progress in a progressive liberal way that corporate sponsors feel that they need to do that in pride yeah. it's unthinkable for corporates to do that in, in jakarta even jakarta i think supposedly the most liberal place in indonesia or um even more unthinkable is the it's like i saw a lot of churches mm-hmm. um during pride that's very heartwarming for me and even more heartwarming was seeing families like grandmothers, you know, uh, dads and moms coming for their kids and, you know, daughters and sons coming for their parents. Um, that must be something that is very cliche, I think, for a lot of Americans. But coming from a country where we have a lot of you know, illegal rates to uh, private apartments, um, that was pretty uh, lovely and heartwarming for me personally. But I feel like a lot of my friends in America, some of them have a different perspective as well because especially those who are politically engaged, for them I think pride is more than just an event where you can get, I don't know, a bit festive and get drunk. <laughs> I think the Trump era is where you can actually stand up for what is right. Mm-hmm. And I think I think for them that that resonates more.
0: Yeah. What's also interesting is I feel like in Indonesian culture and Maybe similarly, American culture. Part of being able to be more out in society hmm. is seeing people who are out in popular culture. Yes. Like, you know, in America, yes. the the most quoted example is like seeing Ellen DeGeneres in her show actually coming out right, right, as a okay. lesbian. And so, because you see somebody that has a show, has a national platform, right. coming out and being proud of that identity, you feel more encouraged to be out. And right. or be supportive of people who are out. Right. In Indonesia, there's not necessarily that, but it's interesting because Indonesian popular culture has elements yeah, that, that exactly. are, for the lack of a better word, more compatible.
1: Compatible. LGBT Yay, culture.
0: I, I, I can't. It's not, it's not like it's not outright <laughs> LGBT culture, but you know, there's there's drag in comedy shows. Right. And in the shows in general, although you know, obviously there are some problematic things with that. You know, because exactly.
1: It can yeah. be demeaning.
0: Yeah. But it's not like they've never seen somebody who is non-heterosexual. Yes. yes. Or, or does not behave in a heteronormative way. Yes. So, do you think there is an opportunity in Indonesia if popular culture can break that barrier a little bit more, subtly or not? Is there more chance of people being more comfortable in
1: Indonesia f- with LGBT culture? Uh, this is obviously just my pet theory, but I feel that pop culture in America has a huge role in making the popular imagination of the general populace be more accepting towards LGBTs. And as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. the coming out of uh, The Generous and various representation of LGBTs in various American TV shows Mm -hmm. play a huge role on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's worrying me the most about Indonesia because, you know, independent of the recent trend in religious conservatism, on our fundamentalism in Indonesian politics, I do sense that there is a general trend towards more conservatism in Indonesian popular culture. Like In general. Uh, in general. Like, okay. In the past, as you mentioned, you've seen like Rocha Gamalama, you yeah. know, drag shows who are entertaining, who are problematic, as you say, they portray drag shows, at, you know, drag queens and drag shows as somewhat of a, oh, a guy who plays a woman, cross-dressing, is oh, a funny guy, entertainers. Mm-hmm. I, there are problematic aspects on that, to be sure. But at least there is space, there is space for LGBT performers in the popular culture to showcase their drag, their yeah. show. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and I feel that that could have helped Indonesians understand what LGBTs are. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of what we need is an impetus of what LGBTs are i remember for example going from my own personal experience Mm -hmm. um my brother i one of my best decisions in my life you know is coming out to my brother who is straight Mm -hmm. and older younger he's younger younger uh, he's younger and i feel that i remember he's trying to connect with me through glee that was a horrible (laughs) problematic and like um, weird show obviously yeah but I remember how that show, even though that's, that show probably does not obviously represent what I believe in and what I am. Um, it does help my brother and it starts the conversation with me and him mm-hmm. of what LGBTs are. So like, oh yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm like this I'm, not this, I'm like this. That helps a lot in my own business. Space. And I feel that having that space for LGBT performers mm-hmm. could have helped. And this is worrying because I don't have any data on this, but I feel that it's very rare for me nowadays to see a movie or a TV show in Indonesia where the story was not about a girl who is like I don't know there's a movie recently right about, about an Indonesian girl who went abroad and she has to you know pick this handsome western guy and this mm-hmm. you know religious guy from home in, in Indonesia it's like there's always a conservative religious message behind that yeah. and and this sort of way, it's, it, I think it suddenly erases a lot of LGBT performances in popular culture. We, we don't see much nowadays. And I think that's a worrying trend, honestly.
0: When, when exactly did you come out, if, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, so oh. I came out in different stages, okay. I would say. Which
0: I, is an interesting point as well, right? Like, yeah. you don't come out and then you're out. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: And like, I think I wrote this great article. Like, you don't come out once. You come out every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't shout out to everybody that you're out. Yeah. Like, for example, for me, for myself, personally, I came out to my parents when I was way younger. When I was in... Um, was it high school or middle school? I think middle school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they were not very cool about it. They were not very happy. They were sad. And I was very different back then. Yeah. I actually believed their work. That I had to change for them to be straight. I have to cure myself to be straight. Wow. And that was way back when. And I came out to my friends in college. I came out to my brother in college as well. And then I'm out in, at work, you know, stuff like that. So it's very different mm-hmm. for people. Some people don't even have this privilege to be to come out. Yeah. Some people are actually outed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's even
0: worse. So Did you find that as you came out multiple times to right. different kinds of people, different right. kinds of audiences? Right. Do you feel like you have to do it in different ways?
1: Definitely. Definitely. I think I think the best way of coming out is not is do it in your own terms and also doing it based on your audience. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, my brother, I do it one-on-one and we use a lot of jokes (laughs) when we came out and I think he was more receptive because of that. Mm -hmm. And to my friends, I did it in a more serious way. I think it depends on the audience. Yeah, And yeah, I don't know, when I talked to my parents, I was way more um, clueless about it. I just came (laughs) out like, I just blurted it out, basically. And they were very sad, there were a lot of tears. Uh, I mean it was yeah, also
0: your yeah. first coming out experience yeah, to yeah. at that point in your life probably the most important people.
1: Yeah, I feel that when I was first coming out to my parents, I was a very different person back then. Yeah. I was I was religious for you know um you know <laughs> I was very religious and I tried not to be gay mm-hmm. and um it was very difficult for me because my parents were very sad and I believed them yeah. that I was a disappointment, I was a failure. For being gay and there were like several periods where I I was actually in a what do you call that the play away the gay? uh, oh, conversion, conversion therapy. therapy I was actually wow. I, I was actually in a conversion therapy for two two years three years in Indonesia in yeah. Indonesia oh, it was wow. it was a pseudo psychological stuff where they brought me every once a week or two weeks twice a week to this therapist and we talked about it and and she would asked me to recite this, like, line, so, Rocky, you are a real man, you will be attracted to women, you know, stuff like that, that went on for, like, two years, um, and, 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 that didn't do anything to me, <laughs> and obviously, and... But then it, you're really good at saying those lines, yeah, like, yeah, I'm wrong, you know, <laughs> like, that. that didn't do anything to me, and, um... Looking back, I was actually very surprised. I wasn't very scarred. <laughs> Maybe I am, but I didn't know it. Um, but I like, I think at one point, I stopped. Like, there's no point in doing this because mm-hmm. I think I am this way. Yeah. You know? And I talked to my parents. Okay, no way. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. This has to stop. You have to accept me. This is who I am. And that happened. My parents didn't. My parents were very cool about it. They were still very sad. Um, and my mom is still very sad about it, so was my dad, but I think we have achieved this, you know, don't ask, don't talk about it, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're cool, you know, yeah. but uh, deep down, I think my parents still wish that I married to a girl and have kids, you mm-hmm. know, and, Give them like cute babies, <laughs> but
0: which can still happen, even, which can still <laughs> happen,
1: <laughs> but uh, you can't adopt in Indonesia, yeah. Uh, okay. So, that was a very different thing. That's a different audience, mm-hmm. and coming out to your parents when you're young. Yeah, uh, I just got lucky, honestly. Yeah, like my parents didn't like, didn't own me. I came out before I was financially independent. Mm-hmm. I will always suggest to anyone to come out because I think nothing liberates you better than coming out. And nothing changes the person's, you know, somebody who you cares the most, uh, their opinion when when you're coming out, Yeah. I feel. So I think coming out is a very strong and effective and small, I have to say, response to actually finding this conservative tide, I gotta say. But I will always say that, okay, you gotta do it because you're, you're in Jakarta, Indonesia, you have to do it when you are financially independent. Uh, because I've heard some You know Sad stories Tragic stories Of my friends Who came out And when they're still In school And their parents kick them out cut, just, them off, right? cut them off Cut them off It's just horrible
0: That's actually a really good point About the financial implications Right And people don't think About that a lot In Western culture Where it's more accepting Right but In Indonesia Like yeah I've heard stories Where people come out When they're much older You know like Yeah In their 30s or 40s right. Where they feel like They have a handle On their own lives They control right their finances, right. they're not dependent on anybody in particular, and it's, it's really sad to hear that sometimes for people, the choice of coming out means also having to sever a relationship with their family. Yes, exactly. And obviously, we don't want any of that to happen.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Another aspect I would like to add on that is that I feel that in a cruel capitalist society, we have to show people that... We matter yeah. um, regardless of our identity. Yeah. In the sense that, okay, if you wanna fire me because I'm gay, that's gonna be your cause. I wanna like my experience is that I wanna be so good that when you fire me because I'm gay, it's gonna be your loss. Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm. that sense, if you come out at an unstrategic time, that would be dangerous as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because okay, you just come out when you're you're already secure. Yeah. Which is why I think Coming out and when and how to do it is a very personalized event. There's no one way of doing it. I would suggest everybody to do it eventually, but in my in my opinion, you gotta do it when you're financially independent. I mean there are people as well who I can biasly say that they are they can come out at, at the moment, but they choose not to for the other personal reasons. I respect that, but I would definitely encourage them to do it.
0: It almost sounds like it's this idea of owning your coming out, right? You don't want to let your family or your career be the ones that
1: determine whether or not you come out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel that the closer you are to the person as well that you come out to, the better the implications might be if the person opens up positively. Mm -hmm. Like, as I mentioned earlier, one of my best decisions is coming out to my younger brother who is very close to me, who is my best friend. I came out to him 2013, 2014, I guess. So, uh, four Two, or five years. Four or five ago. years. I've really seen how he his views evolved. Yeah. And I think there's nothing more gratifying than that. It's seeing somebody who was previously close-minded, and because he cares about you, he tries to learn about how he can help you. Mm-hmm. That's very heartwarming for me, honestly.
0: You know, I I was somebody who was making fun of gay right, people, right? And had no conception of what it means to consider that identity as a full fledged human being, right? Until I met people, until I had you know really exactly. amazing friendships exactly. with people and really got to know them, and now I can proudly say I'm an ally. I will yes. do everything I can to help support yes. the community. But that took time. That took so that much took time. So much time. And. It's it's not something that you can learn in any scenario. It's not like something they'll teach you in school or through popular culture. It's something you have to almost discover within yourself and find out how
1: you're going to make this work. How you're going to be a better human being. I think you brought up a very good point, the point of empathy. Because Mm -hmm. I think empathy and being liberal is not, in my experience, always coincide. Like, if I can tell, if I can speak about this experience, for example, in high school, um, I remember coming out in high school, in my last year in high school, I remember that when I came out, I was actually not coming out, I actually was outed, but okay, let's talk about it later, okay. <laughs> but I was, actually, I was actually outed, but uh, one thing I remember was that, so I have religious friends and so-called, quote-unquote, liberal friends, mm-hmm. people who I expected to be much more cool about this, more progressive, right? progressive ones, but turns out when I came out to them, by progressive, I mean like they're much more, they're less religious, yeah. they're more open minded towards, let's say, popular culture, which mm-hmm. is, I think, a very skewed and weird way of saying it. But I would expect my quote progressive friends to be more open about me. Yeah. But actually, after I came out to them, they actually kicked me out of the Really? Friendship. And I remember vividly the people who actually accepted me are my religious friends. Wow. People who who you wouldn't expect to actually uh, accept you when you embrace gay you and yeah. embrace you. This I think that point uh, brings home that I think it's much more important when you actually have empathy compared mm-hmm. to just like the outward appearance that you are open-minded. I think being able to empathize even though you have different points of view are much more important than that. The point about knowing someone and being able to empathize with them mm-hmm. is an important aspect of being an ally.
0: I mean, your point about empathy is so important right now, because in popular culture and politics, both in America and Indonesia, and honestly, in most parts of the world, (laughs) empathy has no place, right? It almost seems like a point of weakness. Rather than point of strength, to be able to find grounds for empathy with each other. Right. Without it being politicized. I think empathy these Mm. days is very much politicized. Like, oh, you empathize with that person, you must agree with them wholeheartedly, (laughs) and you're like the worst person ever. When in (laughs) fact, empathy is about recognizing the person in front of you as a full fledged human being. Right. Certainly with opinions of their own that might not be the same as you, but you can relate with them. Right. At a human level, right? It's not about politics. Right I think it is amazingly important That you said that Just because you're liberal Just because you're progressive Doesn't necessarily mean You're more okay
1: Right You might right. be on
0: paper Liberal or progressive But if you don't actually Walk the talk Right Then you're no better Than people who shun The LGBTQ community Like you're as close-minded As them I think being empathetic Is independent of your Political inclinations Right And being narrow-minded Is independent of your Political inclinations You can exactly. be Narrow-minded and liberal <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. progressive, you know? Yeah. Don't There's, take it for granted that just because you feel yes. progressive, that you are progressive. Yeah.
1: I've always talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, a lot of liberals, progressives in America or Indonesia are concentrated in cities. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we need to be more diverse. Yes, like we need to out. We need to reach more people who are not in urban areas, basically. And second of all, I think we need to have more liberals, in the sense that we need to be better in outreach mm-hmm. and. I joke once that, you know what, I think progressive in Indonesia need to have more children. <laughs> because, True. like, in this past, that people who are progressives usually have their own agency among themselves and they don't want to have children, they want to have something else. Just totally okay. But I think the world would be a better place if progressive parents raise more progressive kids. You you know, know? We have a new generation coming up. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I Because think... the other side is definitely having more kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I feel that there's a way as well of us help these conservative fundamentalist children to have more open views, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be easier and better if we actually raise progressive kids yeah. and progressive, you know, generations. And we simply can't take it for granted that the next generation will be much more progressive than the current one. That's definitely true. And I'm pretty sure our nation's noticed that friend of yours who was cool now, you know, shares a lot of... Problematic um, WhatsApp messages, WhatsApp messages, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, take it for granted. Yeah, the fight has to go on mm-hmm. in your own way, mm-hmm. in your own personal way. feel mm-hmm. like, yeah.
0: you cannot take for granted that being liberal is a is a given right. Yeah, certainly in Indonesia, that's not always true. Yeah, we've we've both lived through times when being progressive and liberal is not a given right. Yes oh. yes. Right. Definitely. Like, the democracy is still
1: a fairly new thing here it? uh, <laughs> It's still new.
0: It's, it's like, like what? real
1: democracy. ninety Na-
0: eight. Yeah. That's it's very recent. Years. It's very recent. We've lived through a time of dictatorship. Yeah. I was
1: seven. Uh, when so hard- yeah. When well, Suharto so came down. Yeah. So I think my I think the same with you. Yep. Our political consciousness was not exactly awake. Awoken. Woke mm-hmm. <laughs> by that time. So, yeah, definitely.
0: Same like the country, right? The country's political consciousness was not... It has a very short history. Yes. Let's... And Indonesia's experience with democracy, with progressive culture and politics, is still very young. And yes. So, in many ways, we can't expect it to catch up that quickly with other places. Right. At the same time, we can't also be like, okay, you're fine. Yeah. The fact that you are here is okay. We you know we got a
1: AI. Yeah, I think in the I think that's a very good point. I don't want this point to make us complacent. Yes. But we have achieved a lot, honestly. From uh 45, 65 and then 98 yeah. you know, stuff like that. If you actually look at America or France, like the time of the French Revolution and the time they actually get like universal suffrage and the time that America was independent, and the time that America Flexible extends rights. voting rights yeah. for every citizen of America, that's a far gap. Hundreds of years. And hundreds of years. And you know, we have achieved a lot. Come a so long way. We have we actually have come a long way if we actually look at the experiences of other countries. <laughs> yeah. I think another viewpoint, another way of progressives, especially people who listen to this, is that? I hope
0: you're all progressive. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really weird. If we actually had conservatives listening to this. But if you are, you reach out. I,
1: I, I want to th- know why. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they want to change their mind and empathize. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I think a lot of overseas Indonesians who live abroad, unless a migrant worker, yeah. you know, um, they tend to be, um, they tend to skew towards being progressive mm-hmm. and being financially privileged. Yes. And I think if you want um, the progressive movement to flourish in Indonesia, like we need to think about actually coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely will come back to Indonesia at some point mm-hmm. after my school. Again, as a disclaimer, I'm not forcing any, anybody to come back. I mean, like everybody has their own right to their own security and their own happiness and their responsibility to be where they want to be yes. uh, according to their choice. But... You know my point. uh, What I was saying when I was saying that um, progressives need to have more children. You know, I joke about that. I was half joking because like we actually do need more progressives in Indonesia, Mm -hmm. and the way to do that is actually call people who are progressives abroad to actually come back to Indonesia, even though that might not automatically lead to the progressive movement, um, you know, to be helped in any way, but there will be more opportunities for the progressive movement in Indonesia to flourish if there are actually more progressives in Indonesia.
0: You know, if you're progressive outside of Indonesia, then you also have different viewpoints, right? You've experienced what it's like to be progressive in other societies, and you you'll become more creative about it, Right. and you bring back the ideas, and you let it flourish in the community. I think in any opportunity to have more diverse opinions, more diverse ways, Hmm. more creative ways to tackle these standing social political issues is mm. always for the better. And right. I definitely agree, you know. I'm I'm currently in the state, but I don't honestly, at this point in my life, I don't necessarily see myself staying here for the long term. Certainly not in Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Trump's America doesn't want me here. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Like, it's not about forcing anybody to make <clears throat> life choices that they don't want to make. Right. But it is something to consider. I don't think enough Indonesians within the diaspora in right. the world Think right. about
1: this enough, and again, not forcing anything. Right. I mean, like that's a good point. Good you know. Right? For like I acknowledge my position here, being able to speak about this openly, because I am not in Indonesia at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes that not sometimes. Overseas Indonesians usually have a safer space to talk about this, mm-hmm. and when we, for example, pontificate or lecture Indonesians on how Indonesia should be. Um, progressives overseas or abroad would definitely have a better chance or would definitely have a better credibility when they are actually in Indonesia like experiencing what it means to live in Indonesia rather than living the life abroad or Mm -hmm. your whole life and then pontificate to the country what you should be doing yeah this is something to think about like again I'm not trying to force everybody who is abroad to come back I'm just saying that this is something that Indonesians who are abroad should think about if they want to make a better Indonesia I guess
0: and as you've said earlier right like we've come as a country as a young democracy we've come such a long way right at this opportunity right now which again it's not the best situation in Indonesia right now right. but it is not the worst we've seen the worst right and what's more important is that there is great potential and opportunity right for the next generation even yeah. in, I feel next generation. We're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Our generation. Um, and even like people older than us. Right. There's an opportunity to fight for diversity, fight for inclusion, fight for progressive ideas. There's a space there. There's just there's a and we need up, people to fill that yeah. space, otherwise it's gonna it's
1: gonna die. Right. That space is gonna like shrink. Right. You know, think about your friends in the country. Who actually want to move abroad? Maybe they can't, but maybe you can help them by moving back to Indonesia. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just trying to. I'm just saying out loud here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe it's some maybe it's better if we think about how can I help Indonesia from within Indonesia itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Rocky, for being here. Happy to be here. Appreciate okay. your thoughts, and you know, we look forward to having more conversations like this in the future. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find more information and resources of whatever we talked about on our website, delica.id.
0: Music credits to John Dealey, Lee, Lee Rosevere, and of course, Broke for Free.
1: If you like what you hear and want to support us, please review our podcast on the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And please share our podcast with your friends. It's the best way to spread the word about Dialogica.
0: If you want to get more involved, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is dialogicapodcast at gmail.com or just shoot us a message on our Facebook page.
1: You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and our Twitter. Please follow us in these various platforms. Our Twitter handle is at dialogicapod. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's Tank Steph at s-t-e-p-h-t-a-n-g-k.
0: Thank you again and see you guys next time.
1: Bye!